Good morning. What is truth, said jesting Pilate, and would not stay for an answer. That's how the Elizabethan philosopher and statesman Francis Bacon begins his essay on truth in his famous collection of essays. What is truth is Pilate's cynical response to Jesus' statement in today's gospel. I came into the world to testify to the truth, and everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The scene of Jesus before Pilate is a favorite in Christian art. It's been painted by such greats as Tintoretto and Rembrandt and dramatizes perennial questions. Who is the true king? What is the source and nature of power? What is truth? And do our choices matter? Today is the last Sunday of the church year, the feast of Christ the King. Today, as we proclaim Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords, we are asked to contemplate the scene of Jesus before Pilate and answer Pilate's question, what is truth? and choose. In his essay, Bacon asks why people choose the lie over truth. He says it's not just because it is hard to know the truth, but because, he says, of a natural, though corrupt, love of the lie itself. Jesus stands before Pilate as the embodiment, the incarnation of the Word of God, which is the way, the truth, and the life, accused of claiming to be king of the Jews. Pilate is Caesar's appointed governor. He must decide if the charge is true. He must decide not only if Jesus claims to be king, but also if Jesus is king. And so he asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? But we quickly learn that Pilate has no real interest in the answer. When Jesus asks, do you say this on your own? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? In fact, we come to see that Pilate is just a petty politician, cynical and fearful. We, who know the whole story, know that Pilate will, by turns, try to intimidate Jesus by his power to set him free or crucify him, become convinced of Jesus' innocence, become himself intimidated by the mob, try to escape responsibility by washing his hands of the whole matter, become afraid of Caesar, 
and ultimately release Barabbas, a man who had committed murder in the insurrection and condemned Jesus to death. Pilate is shown to be a man without principle or courage. He does not belong to the truth. Citing Montaigne, Francis Bacon says that people who choose to abandon the truth for the lie are bold toward God, but cowards toward men. But people who choose the truth are bold toward men because they fear God. Jesus before Pilate is an icon of historical choice. As has been said, history is a contest between those who believe in the power of love and those who love power. Those who love power are ultimately like Pilate, unprincipled, cowardly, and cruel. Pilate doesn't care whether Jesus claims to be king, let alone is king, because he's afraid. He's afraid of losing his power, and so he's afraid of the mob. He is afraid of Caesar. He is afraid of taking responsibility. And because he's unprincipled and afraid, he is brutal. He first tries to bully Jesus, then he scourges Jesus, and finally he kills Jesus. And yet, as Christians, we must be clear-eyed. Pilate succeeds, and the pilots of this world often do succeed. Barabbas was set free. Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. Christian hope is not naive optimism. As Peter says, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The feast of Christ the King also happens to be the anniversary of my father's death. My dad was also a priest. He designed and built the church that he served for 30 years. It had a large granite altar, and over the altar hung a cross, not a crucifix, not even a bear cross, but a Christus Rex, the figure of Christ the King vested as a priest, wearing a golden crown, the wounds in his hands and feet healed, not attached to the cross, but reigning from the cross as priest and king. My father celebrated the Eucharist at that altar beneath the figure of Christ the King for 30 years. The last time I saw my father alive 
was about a week after his death. It was at his funeral. We had chosen the processional as the processional, the All Saints Day hymn for all the saints who from their labors rest. As the casket was carried down the aisle, we sang the verse, but lo, there breaks a yet more glorious day, the feast of Christ the King. The saints triumphant rise in bright array. The King of glory passes on his way. At that moment, in living color, I saw my father vested in his white alb and white stole, jubilantly waving in a crowd as Christ, mounted on a white horse, reared in salute. Other memories of my dad have faded over time, but the memory of that vision is the most vivid and vital memory of him that I have. I recall it on every feast of Christ the King. And today, on this feast of Christ the King, you and I gather with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven as the church militant who must still contend for the truth against the lie and enter into holy communion with the church triumphant, with those who have entered into the wider life of the saints in light. As we gather together, we praise Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, the way, the truth, and the life, and pray that all divided and enslaved by sin may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule. Amen.